December 25th, 2018. It was our first Christmas in our new million dollar home. I checked all the boxes that promised me real freedom. I had a booming business, raving fans, money, assets, and yet I was still sitting there on the couch pretending that I was watching that Christmas movie with my family while I was choking down the poison of anxiety. I still felt like that desperate kid who would take her clothes off for money, the kid who nearly overdosed to try to prove her worth to her friends, the kid that got pregnant at 19. I felt stuck, like I was stuck in the sands of time. I did all the right things, all the things that promised me freedom and it didn't add up. I realized a few things. I was still checking someone else's box. This was gonna be an inside job and I would do whatever it took to never feel that way again. Consider this podcast the rebranded, revamped, cool-ass version of Alternative School. Alternative School for the Unruly, entrepreneur. This is for the innovators, the creators, the world changers, the service-minded, and those who want the details on how to create a business that really, truly, finally fucking sets you free. I'm your host, Andrea Crowder, and welcome to the Unruly Entrepreneur Podcast. Let's go to the show. Here's a plot twist. I actually drove the getaway car three times. I ended up going to jail a couple months later. You know, my karma caught up to me. I spent six days in jail pregnant. I get messages all the time from you guys. And one of the things that occurred to me recently was why don't I start bringing my community on the podcast? You guys hearing from each other, how you are integrating the philosophies, the values, and the teachings of this brand, I feel like is so much more useful than constantly bringing other guests on. And yes, I still want to bring other guests and I want to elevate other voices. I want to bring cool new messages to the podcast. And also what value is it if there's no integration? If people aren't actually really truly integrating these philosophies, teachings, tips, tools into your life. So when you hear from other people, how they do it, why they do it, I, I don't know about you guys, but when I see someone who's like me, someone who's like in a, someone that I can relate to, someone who's in a similar area in their life, a similar area in their business or their personal growth, I feel a little bit more encouraged because where they're at feels reachable. It feels like if I just apply a little pressure here, if I just apply a little bit more focus here, I, that's going to be my next logical step. So That was my thought in bringing on our very, very first Unruly community guest. Bree is somebody that messages me on Instagram, I don't know, sometimes almost every day. (laughs) We're not always having like in-depth conversations, but I see her name pop up and engaging with, you know, Instagram stories and posts pretty much on the regular. And she has such a cool Story. So yes, we're going to talk a little bit about how she integrates philosophies or modalities like RRT into her life, especially as a nurse. Um, but also she's going to tell some of her story as well around an earlier part of her life. You guys just heard the clip. I'm not going to say anything else. Just, just get right into the show. This is just too good. Like when I say you've changed my life, you started changing it in 2021, but this year has just like my transformation has been insane. Absolutely insane. And that's what I think hooks us in is like, oh my God, like I thought I was feeling pretty good, you know, but like, oh, there's a, there's an even better way. Like there's a lighter way. There's what? And are just like, oh, fucking sign me up. All right. Uh, okay. So you started with, you started with regulate. You said that you thought that everything, and honestly, I felt that way too. I thought it was like basically crushing life. And yeah. then- RRT came into my life and I'm like, oh my God, there's a whole nother way. But we were just like operating based off of all these principles and the rituals and these healing modalities that were useful, I think. And tell me if this is your perspective too. Useful in that they helped me feel better in the moment, but I couldn't sustain it. 
Yeah. And I've talked a lot about just traditional therapy because I've brought RRT to my clients and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, they're like, Oh, I've, I've been through therapy and I've done this. And, and for a moment I had like a, Oh shit, am I getting in over my head moment? Cause I'm an RN. So I understand a lot of like the chemical component of it and, you know, the really medical part of it. So I was like, Oh, but I, I think that therapy is kind of that, like, it's like a zero depth entry pool. Right. And like, you're just kind of like walking in and it gets you like familiar with the idea of starting to look at your brain in a different yeah. way. But I totally agree with Dr. Connolly. You just talk about the same shit over and over again. And to even find a therapist, Hey, there's a mental health crisis in the United States, mm-hmm. the availability. And especially I live in Iowa. So we have 99 counties and so many of them are rural, like good fucking luck. And then, you know, it's just, it's a whole mess. And Yeah. I mean, therapy, I feel like therapy has its place and I don't want to discredit that, but it will only get you so far. You're so good with metaphors, a zero depth entry pool. I was like, yes, that makes so much sense. Usually it's shit that I have no business talking about, like some nautical references or I'm like, no, I don't sail. (laughs) So that was lucky. (laughs) It's just like coming through. Okay. I love that you're an RN and you're using this stuff, first of all, because man, if the medical industry had more access to RRT and, and I've seen like going, I've gone through many of the trainings I've been through probably at least I say a hundred, but it's probably been like closer to 200 hours of trainings with Dr. Connolly. And a lot of people on there are in the medical industry, which I think is so fucking cool. You know, doctors who are ER doctors who are dealing with patients who come in with like extreme traumas, rapes and and all different kinds of stuff have different tools for people. So would you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Well, get me into the whole like medical crisis. It's not healthcare, it's sick care. And as a young nurse, I've been um, a licensed nurse since 2008. And before that, a nursing assistant. So I've been in the field, which is really freaking weird to say for almost 20 years now starting from the very bottom. And as the newness wore off and the kind of naivete wore off and definitely 2020 like forged us on a new path, I have um, become very aware of just the rinse and repeat cycle, the way that the whole system is set up to fail. I say all the time, healthcare never should have been a business model. Like it's bullshit. So to see, um, to see practitioners explore an alternative is amazing because I know like, where do they find the time? You know, they're just so strapped down. And a lot of it, you know, I can say early in my career, it was just a lot of like regurgitating the stuff. I actually, I just really believe that nurses just need to go on their own personal development journey in some form or fashion, because you can bring so much more to your patients. And I know that that's translated into the way that I care for people and just opening yourself up to different ideas and different concepts. I mean, you came into like, most of the people in my world are like, primarily entrepreneurs and like for the most part, full-time entrepreneurs. So you're an RN. What was the draw to be in a climate like mine and how have you really brought that into your life? Okay. So, um, I'll let you know a little secret. I knew your name from the network marketing company that we're both affiliated with. So I've like known Got it. And then I was trying to think of like, when did I become obsessed with Andrea's work? I can't really <laughs> Um, I thought that direct marketing company was like my ticket out of nursing. I've been like yeah. ready to exit for a long time. Um, not for me. And now that I'm in this space and in this season of my life, I'm like, oh yeah, that couldn't have happened and been successful at that time. So mm-hmm. Amanda Francis, I don't know. I latched onto her and then it just it just, you know, kind of unraveled and blossomed. And I don't believe in coincidences whatsoever. So I don't know. I just, you know, I took break rules, make bank, and I've been wanting to be a a life coach and affect greater change than just the confines of like, take your meds and like, keep your follow-up appointments. Good luck. You know, I really, I can see the need and women, especially like I have an absolutely insane story and I've known that my story is going to change lives and it's just like starting to just pick up tools and skills and put them in my toolkit. But then I actually like, I followed a childhood trigger back um, all the way back and like kind of found the root of it this spring. And my boyfriend at the time, like could not handle that. It was like, I was being triggered by something in um, his environment and that triggered him. And then it was like, 
oh my God, I discovered this thing um, about my dad and like, he wasn't really that great of a dad. Love the man and we reconciled, but in and out of rehab. And he really just like, wasn't there for me when I needed him. And he's been deceased since 2015. So it's very easy to glorify your dead parent, right? And like, oh, my dad. But you just kind of take off your rose-colored glasses and you're like, oh, shit, like this is the reality of it. I don't love him any less and I don't respect him any less. It just is. And so that's where Regulate saved me. I remember just I just couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. And it became less about like learning business strategy from you and more about like, just making my life better. And of course, if you are an entrepreneur, like you have to operate in alignment and like that fulfillment has to be there. Otherwise your messaging is going to be shit and your, you know, your people are going to feel it and all of that. I firmly believe that. And I know that um, that's your school of thought. Bree has been in my community for years, but probably we've chatted a lot in DMs the most over 2022. Mm-hmm. And we chat quite a bit. I feel like like once a week we're catching up on something. So like this is our first time actually being face-to-face uh, or at least like me being really face-to-face with you. And um, I know you've been in some of my programs, which is why I say that, but you've said a couple of times, like, I know my story's going to change lives. Tell your story, change some lives. I'm writing the book, Broken to Brave. There will be a second book because I really have to take you through my childhood and it will all make sense there. But Broken to Brave will start in 2010, where um, two weeks before I found out I was pregnant, my son's dad confessed to multiple unarmed bank bank robberies. I had to go tell him that we were going to be parents behind plexiglass. (laughs) Here's a plot twist. I actually drove the getaway car three times as a licensed nurse, you know, risking everything, my career, everything. And that's through this RRT. And, and I could see in hindsight already, like my childhood trauma and how that kind of precipitated things. But then when you like really dig in, you're like, holy fuck. Okay, there it is. So 2010 was just my rock bottom. Um, I ended up going to jail a couple months later. He Bless his heart. He tried to cover for me and, you know, like keep my name clean. I was I was pregnant and all of that business, but, um, you know, my karma caught up to me and I'm glad it did because it really, it rocked my world and it really helped me identify a sense of values because before that I was just, you know, just kind of floating and attaching to people because I had that hole in that void from my childhood. So I spent six days in jail pregnant. I thought nursing was done for me. I ended up, you know, of course, getting evicted. It was just a mess. So I had to go. I went back to my hometown. I was able to live with family. So grateful for that. And then uh, the whole premise of Broken to Brave is just the next right step. What's the next right step? I couldn't work as a nurse. Nobody was going to hire me. So the next right step was to go back to my high school fast food job which ended up with me being assistant manager, handling money in cash drawers. Like (laughs) what, what amazing faith, you know, people had in me. Then the next right step, I felt very called to go to RN school, but I had to interview. And now, you know, this deferred judgments on my record forever. And so every time I had to um, tell my story, I used to just sweat. Uh, It was just like, the worst thing ever to sit across the desk from somebody and just be like, yep, I did that. And they're like, well, prove to me you're not going to do this again. Like, well, (laughs) I have a child and like, obviously that's not who I am, but you know, people on paper don't know that. So I was able to go to RN school and, and from there, my career, I've worked into director status in a few different settings and just, you know, I've had a great career as a nurse and really statistically, I don't think that should have happened. Um, it was felony charges and just, it's just insane. And people look at me like, what? No way. I would have never guessed. I'm like, I know me too. Right. <laughs> like, holy shit. <laughs> but we're here now. Um, and it's just, it's just that next right step. And then as I've come into, you know, kind of my spiritual awakening, you could say learning what alignment was and like what that feels like in my intuition. Um, I'm a two, five splenic projector. So like very intuitive, I've always known that I was kind of intuitive, but you know, coding and conditioning. You're like, oh no, no. If you can't prove it, it's not real. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just really following my intuition now. And that's the, that's the empowerment I want to bring to women. It's like your past does not have to define you. And when you pull that skeleton out of the closet and dust it off, people can't use that shit against you anymore. It happened. Yeah, it happened. Uh, but 2010 Brie, I wouldn't even recognize her now walking down the sidewalk. I can't think of a single person who wouldn't resonate with the 
with the statement, I don't even recognize myself now. Like we all go through so many transformations, but like, take me through, take me through the moment where you decided to get behind the wheel that first time where you're like, okay, I'm doing this. Like, what do you feel like that version of you was thinking in that moment? Do you remember? Um, vaguely, but this is why WAP was so huge for me. Wealth alignment patterns. It was all about money. Of course, money was always terrifying to me. And so I was an LPN working full-time and my son's dad was at university, not working full-time living mostly with me a little bit in the dorm, whatever. So like contribute, please. Like, you know, we were together and I just remember being so pissed off that I felt like I was pulling more weight. I was working a ton of overtime. So it was actually his cousin and he were the operation. And my son's dad was the getaway driver, but cousin Broham moved up to um, Minnesota. And so, you know what, game's over. And I'm like, does it have to be over though? And so being just like, so, I don't know, it's just so convoluted, you know, your relationship with money and then your um, trauma bond really with Mm -hmm. this person. It's just you don't know where one thing separates, um, one thing ends and the other thing begins. And, and like I said, I just, I didn't have great examples growing up. And so money was just always a thing. I was just like, Oh, look at me. Nobody would ever guess that I would drive a getaway car. It's like, I used my like innocent appearance and my success up to that point as like a, "Hmm." I don't really remember too much. And I, that's a challenge I've found with writing the book is like some of the stuff is like Swiss cheese and I've just literally blocked it out because mm-hmm. the way that all went down was just fucking terrifying at times. And where did like personal development come in? Like, I can't imagine you were doing much personal development yeah. during that phase. <laughs> like what was, what was that moment? What was like the series of choices that took you from, okay, you're out of jail now you're trying to get, you got a job and And now some like basic fundamental needs are met. And then you're trying to just increase your experience of life. That's typically when personal development comes, comes in. Like, what was that experience like? When you said that, I was like, if Franzia put personal development on the back of their boxes, I would have read it. That's what I was. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of box wine. Oh my God. Like the nostalgia that's happening on this call for me, right? (laughs) By the way, it's just like really intense. Like it was a great value. I was broke. I mean, yes, I'm just thinking like the disgusting fucking beer that we used to drink, like the cheap ass wine that we used to drink. What was the, the like jars of wine? You know what I'm talking oh, about? Carlo the huge jugs. Yes. Carlo yeah. Rossi. <laughs> so yeah. Oh, I know. Oh God. I remember, you know, my friend's parents just like that look of pity in their eyes. And I'm just like, no, 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 don't pity me. Like, I know I'm living this for a reason. Like I knew that I just like lost sight of that um, when this happened and it was my early twenties. So getting through, I was in RN school, actually. And my friend offered the um, direct marketing opportunity to me and I was like, well, okay, why not? And I became so obsessed with that sense of community because yeah. I really didn't have that. And, you know, it's like, read whatever, however many minutes or pages a day. And that was my introduction to personal development. And it was the spark that lit the fire. Mm -hmm. There's so much judgment around like network marketing, by the way, that or direct sales or like whatever anybody wants to call it, it doesn't matter. But the community is so saturated and and rich. And I use saturated, not most people use it in like a negative term, but I mean like potent and I use saturated, like almost like color, like increase. Mm -hmm. And um, with your, like you said, community, and then also really focusing on improving yourself. And I just can't see like, yeah, maybe some people go into it with like fear and it's like, get your, get your family members on board. I don't think anybody's like, I don't think anybody's doing it in a way that's like gross necessarily. I just think people's perception of it is gross because people are just asking like, you want to join, want to join, want to join, want to join. And that makes other people uncomfortable, I guess. I don't know, but I never had, I'd really never read per, I didn't even know what personal development was until network marketing. If you had said that there was a whole section in Barnes and Nobles of books that would make you millions of dollars. I would have been like, (laughs) I know. Right. I know. Um, I read all the Nicholas Sparks books, but you know, right. (laughs) 
the Twilight books. God uh, damn it. And I agree. I actually, I talk about that a lot. Had I not found that network marketing opportunity, I mean, again, I believe that I'm here for a purpose on purpose and eventually I would have, but it was at the right time that all of that stuff precipitated yeah. and happened. And that led me to this, like you say, that got me yep. here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. People uh, undervalue it a little bit, I think. Uh, yeah. There's just like a lot of judgment and like misperceptions around what it is. I'm like, I love all of the influencers who like talk down to the network marketing industry. And I'm like, you're doing the same shit. You're promoting other people's products. You're just not getting paid when your other influencer friend also signs up to be an yeah. affiliate for that brand. And I am. So who's smarter <laughs> here? I don't know. I know. I know. I uh, still have residual income from it. Who's smarter? I don't know. I don't know. Yes. Universe pay me in all the ways. Thank you. Pay me. Fucking pay me. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So now bringing people back up to speed, you are an RN. You yes. do want to have your own business. Like we've talked, I something that happened this week that we'll loop you guys in on was um, there's, you know, when we talk about new modalities, I think about it like this, like you walk into a doctor's office and you tell them that you're using a chiropractor before you do decide to do back surgery. Right. And they're like, why would you do that? That's a waste. Of, like, they're just not trained in it for the most part. Some MDs are now. And I think that that's changing. And I look forward to seeing that change more, but for the most part, there's still, there's still people who think chiropractic care is of the devil. <laughs> like, <laughs> Literally today in 2023, it's like, it's fucking the devil. So I feel like because of the nature of your work and like being able to see a wide range of people in all different lifestyles, my vision of the world is so skewed. Sometimes I forget that this is a reality because the people that are in my close circle that I spend a lot of time with, they think like I do, like very expanded mindset. And I forget that there's some people out there who are still really, really connected and loyal to belief systems that have been long since it's expired. And so mm-hmm. when somebody had said that it was, um, what did she say? She said, it's irresponsible mm-hmm. of you to make a claim that you don't have to heal it to feel it. You need more education. And I was like, <laughs> that pissed me off because... <laughs> Healthcare is just going to like invert or it's going to swallow itself. I don't know. And that's why I'm like, get me (laughs) off the Titanic, please. I'm like, (laughs) help me. And, you know, it was pre 2020. I was just like, oh, uh, same shit, different day kind of. And, and not to like gloss over, like the patients that I have amazing. I, I create great, you know, impact on them and we have great bonds together and I love caring for people, but that's just it. I love caring for people. And so I think, um, the medical community is going to be forced to look at, is this still working? Because it's not. What are some of the concepts that you've learned this year since going through like regulate and WAP and just like really bringing RRT, ideas into your work, into your community? What are some of those things that you use the most that you're like, man, I probably actually fought for the opposite idea for a really long time. And then I heard it. And then all of a sudden my whole brain exploded. (laughs) I feel like that's like the Um, consensus. I think it's kind of like, I started in the middle with, you know, when I found regulate, it was like, I was so dysregulated Um, I mean, I couldn't eat. I I was noticing I was losing weight and I was just like, I couldn't sleep and just everything was just a freaking mess. It's like that transformation happened for me. And then it caused me to start to examine some of the other things. Like, you know, I journal every day. I've kept a journal since I was 10 and I still find joy in that. But it's like, my journals don't contain like a lot of my problems anymore because I have a very accessible solution and you can just get it done. So, I mean, I don't discredit that. And I still have, I took some one-to-one clients this fall and held a little workshop about anxiety. Anxiety and depression have always been a thing for me. So it's just, it's causing me to, just like I said, I feel like the medical community is going to do this. Just look at what's not working anymore. What, Mm -hmm. and you know, as we evolve and change, the things that we need are going to change with us. But this thing is timeless because you just keep peeling back the layers and it's like, Oh shit. I joke with my best friend. I'm like, ah, fuck. 
now I, I know where that trigger led to. Now I got to heal it. Like now I got to do some work about it, <laughs> but it's not like hard. RRT like really does the heavy lifting for you. So yeah. it's not hours of therapy anymore. I'd be remiss to mention. I actually, so, you know, as a nurse, I'm like, okay, I get this, this thing that I uncovered. I was like, all right, this is on a subconscious level because up top, it didn't make sense. And I was actually, I checked myself. I was like, wow, this is really fucking hypocritical. Like my ex-boyfriend was doing the thing that I was doing the same thing. Just, Mm -hmm. I would just, you know, present it in a little bit different fashion. So I was like, why am I like, why is this bothering me so much? I knew I could see it, but I was like, okay, this is subconscious. Like, you know, I've done all the exercises and, and now in hindsight, I think about like, you know, all the like relationship healing exercises and whatever I've done at live events and seminars and like, just take off your outer layer of like, okay, right. Cause that worked clearly <laughs> did not work. Um, it was a fun <laughs> exercise. It was awkward in a group, but thanks <laughs> in nursing. It's root cause analysis. What's the root cause. And like, you just keep asking why until you get to the bottom of it. And I'm like, well, this is in the deep parts of my brain. So like, let's, uh, let's address, you know, fight the fire with the right fire extinguisher. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, seriously, I can't say it enough. I'm like, if you don't have regulate, I don't know what you're sleeping on. <laughs> like, it, I don't know. It's just, yeah, everything has changed. Everything is. It's definitely best friend in your pocket vibes for sure. Especially if like, you can't be doing, I mean, I do a lot of live RRT, obviously with Dr. Connolly, that's someone I've been seeing for years. And even still Wayne Brown was the therapist that I started with who introduced me into the whole world. And I still have sessions with him, but every once in a while, I listen to my own stuff too. I'm like, I don't want to have to even wait till tomorrow. So, and like you said, it comes up, you know, the problem, you know what to do about it and you have a way to solve it. And it's like, oh dang, I have to slow down for 20 minutes or 30 minutes or whatever. But my favorite thing are the counting ones. And mm-hmm. I don't know if that's because I'm impatient or what. So I like my yeah. notes are so full. I'll just like, okay, I know the basic formula. <sighs> Let's write it. Like just knock it out. Yeah. So yeah. And I love that there are just like different ways to tackle the beast and you have to lighten it up before you can clear it. And just, I, I feel like honestly, it's caused me or not caused me. It has invited me to be the most intimate with myself that I've ever been. Like you get to know yourself at those depths and then liberate yourself too. It's like, all right. Like you're your own little Thelma and Louise, like buckle up, let's go somewhere. Like <laughs> go cause a ruckus. And like, <laughs> that's kind of what, um, you know, that voice, that DM, that voice memo was for you. I was just like, I just sit back and I'm like, look at all of, look at this like ripple effect that, you, Andrea Crowder, have caused and then created this community and this, you know, all of us working on our shit and like raising the collective vibe. Now we're curious and hungry for real life tools to get, move the gate, move the clutter. Like, let's fucking go. You know, you said something around like, well, I'm not the untriggerable woman yet. And it, the movement is called becoming the untriggerable woman because you're never it all the way. Right. There's always, I mean, like, there's just too much shit that's, I don't want to say shit. There's too much stuff that's just unhelpful for the phase of our life that it probably was a version of helpful then. That eventually the layer is going to come up and the opportunity for it is going to be clear. So it's not about ever becoming completely untriggered, although you'll notice that the time in between triggers becomes whiter. That gap gets bigger and bigger. And I was just going to say, my thing is like the pivot. It's like, how quickly can you shift that energy? And accountability is huge for me. It's something, I don't know if I was very intentional about it, but something that happened after the arrest and getting back into my career field, it's like, I'm going to be so fucking accountable because I don't want ever, I don't ever want an opportunity to arise where people question my word, my integrity, you know, any of that. Like I'm going to own my shit, just own it. I, I have a phrase that I say, tell the world who you're, who you are and set yourself fucking free. And me coming out and saying, I used to be a stripper. I used to be a drug dealer. I used to do all kinds of crazy shit. Like at this point, everything's on the internet. 
Like, there's no chance for me dating at some point, or if somebody like finds me on the internet and they're just going to know everything about me, <laughs> and there'll, there'll be no chance to like get to know me. I'm like, <laughs> it's going to be really awkward at some point for me because it's all fucking out there. But I loved what you said, where you just come right out there and you're like, I fucking drove the getaway car. Most people would never share that. So when you talk about just own it, how has that impacted your life? There's Mm. a lot of people. Okay. Let me tell you this one last little part before you respond to that. When I went to an event in October on stage, I started with like, what are all the things that I think will create some sort of emotional connection point? Obviously you not obviously like some people don't know that you need believability or trust before somebody's going to listen to anything that you say. So I used like all the points. And of course I dropped the fact that I used to be a stripper. Now the primary group of attendants at this event was very conservative Christian. So women were coming up to me very, very discreetly and like whispering into my ear. I used to be a stripper too, but they won't say, I'm like, tell the world who you are. Set yourself free. Like holding that in shame fucking swallows you. So like, when did you when did you figure that all out and how has that benefited you? And how so, did you do it? How did you have the courage? I didn't in the beginning. I mean, I've just sweat bullets and yeah. I had to be, I mean, it's on paper. So you just have to be like, yeah, that happened inside. You're like, oh my God, you want to vomit and whatever. When I, again, it goes back to that direct marketing experience, like share your story and like the whole crafting a post, like the hook and whatever. Um, I I've been very transparent online since probably 2000. Oh, I don't even know 13 or 14. And, and that's okay. I I don't know. I've just kind of always been not, I mean, I don't know what to say. I just, I've been okay talking about hard stuff. I talked about hard stuff when I was growing up, you know, none of my friends had a childhood like mine. It just mm-hmm. was what it was. So as time kind of like scabbed over that wound a bit, I gained more confidence and you can see or hear, um, season one, episode one of my podcast, you can just hear my voice shaking because I knew like maybe some people from work were going to hear it. And oh my God, I still had a little bit of fear of judgment. And now it's just, it's almost like the the more specific I can get, my belief is if I can share this ugly thing that happened to me or that I participated in and, you know, these circumstances around that, um, happened to me, then I can empower somebody else to feel comfortable with their like mess being their message. And maybe they don't have to share it, but just that like, oh my God, she lived through that. And like, look what's possible for her. And that whole concept of like, if it's possible for one, it's possible for any, you know, the universe knows no like magnitude or quantity or whatever. So that's just, I don't know. That's been an evolution over time, honestly. And I think a direct correlation with healing because I did all that personal development, but I was still kind of like, you know, judgmental and bitchy at times and just all that stuff that comes with it because the wounds were still underneath. Now it's just like, ask me anything. I tell people, you can ask me anything. Like, I'm not going to be offended. I'm not going to be embarrassed. And more so in 2022, because my nervous system is just like, what? It's just words. It's just information. Like, it has, it has no meaning on like my value as a person. I don't know if I've shared this yet or not, but I did a I did an RRT session and some past life shit came up. I don't know if you guys know that that's a possibility, but I kind of suspected that something that was coming up for me was past life related because normally when I wake up in the morning, if there's something that needs to get cleared when my brain is still really like juicy and in those theta brainwave states before I open my eyes, I'll ask my unconscious to show me and say like, show me what this is linked to. And I kept seeing a wagon wheel and I'm like, I don't know what to do with that. (laughs) (laughs) Is this like symbolism? Like Like organ trail? Literally. Yes. I, I was feeling this intense panic. And it was like, I was stuck in a riptide and I just couldn't get air. And I was pulled back into, um, a previous lifetime where I was holding a baby. The baby was wearing a bonnet, full fucking dress on a trail, (laughs) but we were by ourselves. It was like, it was like our wagon had broken down and whoever we were with went to go get help. And we stayed with the wagon 
I don't know, but I like the baby ended up dying and I like went into a catatonic state of like grief and guilt Mm -hmm. over this baby. And by the end of it, I mean, I literally should put it up as a podcast episode because it's so fascinating. By the end of it, Dr. Connolly was like, and now look at the wolf. And, and he's like, what, how do you feel about the wolf? And I said, I am the wolf. And he goes, and now look at the baby. How do you feel about the baby? And I said, I am the baby. They are me and I am them and we are one. And it was just like, all of a sudden I merged with them. And I'm telling you guys, I, it took me three hours after the session to get back into my body. I had to go lay on the grass in the park by my house because I, I felt like I was moving particles. It was so weird. I've never experienced anything. So it was like doing ayahuasca in 60 minutes and then, and then like wrapping it up (laughs) and then feel like we're done here. I love it. Yeah. What you said about like nothing meaning anything, like that was eventually the messaging that I got at the end of it was I saw myself almost like a little bouncy ball. And my soul was like showing me like pinging around the universe, like one of those like video games. Pong. Pong. Yeah. Something like that. And yeah. And I was like pinging around and it was literally the messaging was like play harder. And then I heard in my clear audience channels, silly humans make everything mean everything when nothing means anything. Yeah. I was just like, that's the simplest thing that I've ever heard, but it blew up my brain in that moment. And then I saw myself holding these like wooden toys, but with this like smiley, mischievous, like smile on my face. And I would pick up one and I would bust it. And that one was guilt. And I would pick up another one and I would bust it. And that one was shame and another one and bust it. And that one was blame. And it was like all of these things that are causing suffering on the planet. Like my job was to play hard and break the toys. Oh, it was nuts. (laughs) Oh my God. So I did a podcast interview and we got on the topic of A Course in Miracles. And, you know, I I can't sit that long and read, but the chunks that I've read, I know that that's a concept in there. Nothing means anything. Mm-hmm. And um, my host was like, that sent me into like an existential crisis. And I'm just yeah. like, oh, for me, it was liberating. But I hadn't considered the other side of that coin where people would be like, oh, my God, what's it all about? I'm like, oh, great. Nothing means anything. Like, <laughs> my daughter literally starts to disassociate when we talk about it. She's like, I can't, I can't, I can't. That's right. Uh, so I get it. Literally like her hands start to tingle and she's like, stop. And I was like, okay, new topic. <laughs> <laughs> I know a little too much for you today. I know sometimes my son's just like, I'll be like, oh, what's home like for that person? You know, that sounds like trauma. He's like, mom, not everything is trauma. I'm like, well, I mean, a lot of it is. <laughs> Most of it. Yep. <laughs> so I'll be like, all right, fine. I'll stop. But they listen. I mean, they... It's why it doesn't even bother me actually when I get messages and I don't get many of them from people like the woman who was bothered by me saying it, um, that you don't have to feel it to heal it. But I also look forward to the people who don't believe me because those are the people that I am grateful for the opportunity to just plant a seed with them mm-hmm. or to at least have a conversation and the good news is that I read how to win friends and influence people <laughs> like 10 years ago, personal development for the win. So like when there is conflict, I actually do pretty well handling it. And also like my skill through RRT, um, it, I can diffuse it pretty quickly. And I understand not everybody is, it's almost like those fair games where you have to like throw something at a moving target and get it in the hole. Mm-hmm. Like some people's, oh, I love that I'm like, some people's holes are just too small. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> well. <laughs> but they get bigger. I'm like, why is this the analogy that my soul's giving me right now? I know, it's always a fun little surprise. Like I tell people, I don't even know what's going to come out of my mouth sometimes. Like, okay. As it's coming out, I'm like, wait, this one? <laughs> yes, the hole. But the hole needs to widen and get bigger before we can get the object into the target. I'm literally going to like ball my eyes out laughing. Okay. I'm just envisioning like a speculum or a cervix. I don't know. RRT is the speculum. <laughs> yeah, but not a metal one. They're just so cold. 
Nobody needs that. Go warm. That's dramatic. Seriously, they can. Um, no, I, yeah, I agree with that. And I think okay. that's, like, if we can tie that back in, that's where just traditional um, cognitive behavioral therapy comes into play. Just like ease people in, like. One step it. at a time. Yeah. Lube it first. Yeah. <laughs> Warm the speculum, add lube. It's all going to be fine. <laughs> yes. Of course we had to say lube during this podcast episode. We got there. Yes. We know we've done our job. I love it. And I'm a nurse too. So like nothing. Oh, it's actually a fun game now, especially now that my son is like a tween. Just like, dude, it's just a body. Like, I don't care. Whatever. Oh I've seen God. so many people like I literally have no shame about it. My dad used to, he would not let us use words like PP. So we had to learn the words penis and vagina at a very early age. So when we went to a, a family Christmas party, when I think I was maybe three and my brother was four, my brother stood up on a chair and he said, I have a penis. And then I took my cue and I like got up on the chair with him and I was like, and I have a vagina. <laughs> I love that. I love that. On a more serious note, if we can just take a moment for a little PSA, um, it's so imperative that parents of young children do that because when you yeah. use yeah, that lingo, it just, you might not know when your child is telling you something very, very important. Yeah. And also when we like hide anything in words like that, it creates this like perception of shame around it, which. Yes. Shame yes. can swallow you. So I, that was what I was going to say earlier is like around the idea of holding things in and being afraid to tell people that shame swallows you. It's toxic in the body, literally. Yes. I had a situation with Jude. I don't know how long ago it's irrelevant, but he like, he had something, you know, it's puberty time. And so he had Mm -hmm. something that he was just like, he felt like he was keeping secret from me. And he was so worked up. He was like almost hyperventilating, telling me. And it was like after bed and he came into my room and it was just so worked up. I'm just like, what happened? You know, like, oh my God. And he tells me the thing and I'm just like, oh, like, honey, that's not a big deal. Like, it's just not. And he's just like, okay. And he's just like my little Virgo. I know he parents himself. I got really lucky, but we were talking about that the other day, actually. And, and I brought it up again. And I was like, was that just like killing you to not tell me? He's like, yeah. And I'm like, I want you to know that you can tell me anything and just fostering that environment of like transparency, you know, his dad and I have been transparent. And so yeah, kids, kids already judge themselves for things. And then, you know, some mm. of it, I don't want to say it's self-inflicted trauma, it's conditioning and societal like norms and just bullshit things that we've totally. been taught. So yeah, again, just impacting these newer generations, like mm-hmm. the old, the old paradigm is falling away. People are clutching to it for dear life, mm-hmm. but it's just going to disintegrate in their hands. And so okay. like, if you're ahead of the trend and like on this boat, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It's just what a time to be alive. What a time to be alive. Welcome to freedom faster. I feel like that needs to be a tagline somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I like it. I like it. Um, Dude, yeah. thank you so much for all of your like vulnerability and just like kind words. I mean, one of the things I was so excited about to bring you on this podcast, and I want to do more of that is to amplify the voices of this community because you guys are the one who are like the ground roots people who are in this work with me. You're one literally for you, like the first month that I started incorporating this into my business, you were a part of it. And there is so much opportunity, not like you said, not just for us and not just for our peers, but for the youth And I want to see that grow and expand and Mm -hmm. by nurses like you and by moms and entrepreneurs who have audiences, um, starting to have the conversation about what's possible. Like you said, life was already pretty good, but now you're like, it can get so much better or life may be shit for you and it doesn't have to be for long. Yes. You know, like, so thank you for being a part of, um, the voices that are spreading this message to people, sharing the work for like believing in it, for using it, for adopting it, like, like a psycho where you're like, fuck it, I'll do it. (laughs) I don't know what she's talking about. Cause it is like, 
a lot of people are going to resist this conversation. And like I said, it's just, I look forward to the opportunity to have that conversation with them, but some people are going to, there's going to be some hate around it. That's cool. Because we've been programmed, like anything new is scary. And, you know, even back to our primitive brains, all our brains trying to do is keep us safe, but it's that ability to be like, you know, you are safe here. It is okay. How do people follow your podcast? Yes. So in retrospect, I wish I would have researched the title, but at the time it was, um, it just came through. It's the own your life podcast with Brie Kloss, Mm -hmm. two A's, one S I joke with people. I'm an ass, not an ass. So if you're finding me out on social media, it's two A's, um, the own your life podcast. I'm on, um, Apple podcasts and Spotify. And, um, that season one, episode one is, is that story, um, broken to brave coming to life. And I have to also thank you. I just listened to, um, the most recent episode with, was it Michaela, um, that you had on? Yeah. Oh my gosh. What a vibe in your work. And who cares if it was in, I think it was regulator. I don't even know. Is it a process conflict or is it an outcome conflict? And I don't know if you use those specific words, but that concept with the causing motivation, that whole, uh, module, it helped me evaluate, like, you know, I've been talking about this book for a long time and I'm like, okay, where is it? Where is it? Like, okay. It used to be an outcome conflict because I was very nervous about how my story would be received. Um, because there are, you know, other players, um, in our peripheral family and, you know, shit went down into, in 2010. Now it's a process conflict. And I have to thank both of you for that amazing conversation around her story and how she just like broke it down. It was like, almost too fucking easy to write a book. And I'm like, there it is. Cause like, I do yeah. not sit well, I do not sit down. I don't read actual books anymore. It's just like, oh my God, to sit here and actually like type a book. I did all that shit in nursing school, which has been what I'm telling myself. Like, well, you could write, you could bust out papers at the last minute. Like, where is this? I'm like, cause it's not fucking fun. And I don't have to do it now for my language. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, again, just this community, ugh, priceless. Uh, if you guys don't know what she's talking about. So one of the previous episodes I interviewed Michaela and we were talking about the power of your story. So look for that episode. And I had mentioned how I hadn't written a book yet because like, I just didn't want to sit down and she, I'm not going to tell you guys what she told me because I want you to listen to the whole episode. Like her story is so, so moving and really beautiful, but she broke down this concept of writing a book in 30 days to me, broke my fucking brain. (laughs) while we were. And I was like, Oh my God, that's the easiest like idea I've ever heard of. I've received so much feedback from people in DM saying that was a genius idea. Like love how she like ended up coaching you on the call. And it was, it was so cool. So if you've been wanting to write a book and you want to write it in the easiest, most fun way ever in 30 days, go listen to that episode. That's what I should have fucking titled it. Dang it. I'm going to go back and title, retitle that episode. (laughs) So good. So good. So much, dude. Okay. So I'll link your podcast episode or your podcast, um, your podcast link. I can say hard things and then <laughs> your social media as well. Cause I know that you share, you've shared a ton of beautiful stories over there for a very long time now. And is there anything that you would like to share with the community? Anything fun that you're coming up with? Anything fun? Um, really the book is kind of the focus. I, um, you know, for accountability, that spotlight effect is huge. Um, that's what helped me, you know, in fitness, um, just having eyes on you is such a big deal. So I've created a little community, the broken to brave ambassadors on Facebook. I'm that person that like social media to me, I was like, Oh, this is the best thing ever. Cause I went to a small college and I couldn't get Facebook right away. Cause I didn't have a dot edu email address. So I'm still the junkie. That's like, I see the good in social media, like it connects us and it's, you know, a platform, but over on Facebook, I have that group. And my vision for that is just for it to be a fun little hub and then like, go spread the word kind of thing, mm-hmm. but mostly to make it fun. Cause if it's not fun, I don't like to do it. Um, but in part or in summary, you know, parting words, I just, I was thinking today about how, you know, you tell your story and, and 2020 just rocked everybody's world, but to think of everything that you've gone through and then, you know, you embody and then you deliver to us. And I just think that's so, that's such a flex. And just thank you for doing that. Again, she who leads herself. Like, I'm just like, what would have happened? What, where would I be right now if Andrea hadn't like shared all this shit online? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, honestly. So thank you because it's changed 
the landscape of my future, seriously, just moments like this are literally like the reward that I've gotten for being so vulnerable. And when people ask me, like, how is it that you share what you share online? And truly, like, I've really held nothing back. <laughs> um, I have some like private podcasts that I haven't shared with you guys yet, but they're getting recorded that I have you'll probably get them in like a year from now. I can't share them yet, but <laughs> they're like um, that's exciting. juicy. They're so fucking juicy. Um, but it's, it's stuff like this, like what you just said, like I'm literally getting so beautifully rewarded because, you know, people tell me like, I wouldn't have done this if I hadn't heard this. And everybody has that power. Mm -hmm. We are all moving forward together. And the faster that we're vulnerable, the faster that we actually get rewarded for it. Oh, yeah. We're thinking that there's going to be some sort of negative repercussion. And 99.9% .9 of the time, we're actually rewarded. And we're yep. not really. So. Yeah, I agree. And those people, like, yeah, you just, you stay centered and regulated and it's, you don't sweat bullets anymore and your stomach doesn't churn and you're just like, you can take it or leave it. This is my story. You can glean whatever message or lesson from it. And if it's not for you, like 7 billion people on this planet. <laughs> I love that. Let's end there. You're yeah. amazing. I love you so much. <laughs> I love you so much. I really appreciate this opportunity. You're number one fan. <laughs>